On today's show, we have Michelle. She's a registered dietitian from Malaysia with a passion for helping cancer fighters to achieve better treatment outcomes and optimize their recovery. She has been working closely with cancer patients in a clinical setting for the last four years. Cancer support is something close to her heart as someone dear to her. Her grandfather once had prostate cancer and it metastasized to the bone. Michelle uses her background in oncology nutrition coupled with her personal experiences to help cancer fighters learn how to nourish themselves, guide them through managing unpleasant treatment side effects, and embrace self-love. Welcome to the show, Michelle. You can find her on Instagram at Cancer Period Nutritionist. Hi, uh, thanks for having me here today. Yes, we're really glad to have you on. It's wonderful to be able to hear from Libby's international clients. The Dietitian Boss Method spreads across the world. So many people are using the method. So this is a fun interview to be able to hear from someone that's all the way across the world. <laughs> yeah, so exciting actually, because uh, I think we don't have a lot of virtual dietitian here. So uh, yeah, I'm very excited to start this up. Yay, good. So glad to hear. So let's get into it. Can you share with us a little bit about where you started versus where you are now? Okay, so I actually graduated four years ago and then I proceed to uh, clinical nutrition. So I've been in a, working in a private hospital for, uh, for the past four years now. And so I feel that uh, I'm a bit overwhelmed with all the workload plus with my personal commitment and everything. So that's why I'm uh, with the COVID uh, pandemic as well. I'm searching for something uh, more virtual that I can, it's a side hustle for me. So that's why I found Libby. And uh, yeah, then I started out this cancer nutritionist, which, which is uh, one of my passion uh, throughout these four years when I'm uh, serving in the hospital. So I'm planning, if uh, this works well, actually I'm planning to uh, come out next year, uh, just for Focusing on uh, my private practice, actually. Oh, I know a lot of people are going to love hearing that you have this as a side hustle, but you want to transition to something that's more full time. A lot of yeah. people oftentimes want to get into a side hustle, and it's great that you saw that this was a great time to do it with everything happening and pursuing it. Yeah, I think it's a dream for a lot of dietitians, but probably seems like not very achievable. Yeah, at times it feels so far-fetched, but oftentimes just getting started and moving forward one day at a time, you are able to open that door a lot quicker, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So now that you have started working through the dietitian boss method and implementing things, can you share with us where you're at in terms of the types of clients you work with, your current niche? Walk us through where you're at. Okay, so. I'm mainly focusing on cancer patients who are undergoing treatments because uh, when I just started the program, actually, I wanted to focus a whole range of cancer topics, including cancer prevention, cancer uh, recovery, as well as uh, how to, uh, after the cancer remission, um, how to uh, prevent the reoccurrence. But uh, Libby's advice, actually, she asked me to, uh, she advised me to focus on one niche which is uh, so that I can talk more closely and uh, 
more have more personal chats with the cancer patients, which uh, after doing some thoughts, I actually feel that cancer patients who are undergoing treatment actually have more urgency to find a dietitian for advice. So that's why I uh, decided to uh, just focus on uh, cancer patients who are undergoing treatments. I really love that you mentioned the importance of really finding who you specifically are going to work with. You have the umbrella of working with people with cancer, ranging from the preventative, the remission, the reoccurrence. And then you found through your market research that those seeking your assistance more often are those that are currently in treatment. And I love how you were able to embark on that journey and land on this because it is helpful to be able to speak to a population that wants to invest in your services. Yeah, that's right. That's very important. And would you say now that you've implemented this method that your Instagram and social media looks wildly different? I'd love for you to share with the listeners how your Instagram has evolved. Okay, so actually before I started uh, Libby's program, I actually have a small uh, business account already. So, but uh, because that was inspired by some of my friends because they know I'm a dietitian. So they are just uh, one, what they wanted to know more about general nutrition, like general healthy eating. So that's why my, that time, my Instagram business account mainly focus on uh, general nutrition, how to maintain a good, healthy weight. Yeah, so it's very general, but I feel that it didn't uh, really engage, other than my own friends, it didn't really engage to uh, the outside world. Then after uh, I found Libby, then uh, talk about all the niche. So I found that uh, I have really have passion for cancer. So once I just switched, just, I think for the first two weeks itself, actually, there are a lot of cancer. Some, they are cancer survivors, but uh, some, they are cancer patients currently. They actually, um, they will, they actually took the initiative to DM me and uh, actually, they really wanted to understand about uh, what, uh, how do I work with uh, cancer patients and uh, yeah, what are the outcomes they, they can get from my program. So actually that's very rewarding. Yeah, because previously I have no engagement at all other than my own friends, but now I'm engaging to my, the, the population they're interested with and I really can with the DMs, actually, I can know more about their pain points and uh, what the real problem they are going through. Yes, it's so rewarding to be able to work with a population that you feel so strongly about and work with a population that you've spent so much time investing in your education to better serve. And who doesn't want to wake up and see DMs from your ideal client versus, yeah, you might have your friends message you and that's cool and all, but You want to engage with the outside world. I love how you put that. Being able to engage with the outside world and be able to use your skills for the greater good. So kudos to you. Yeah. (laughs) And before you started transitioning into this side hustle, you, you mentioned you've been working in clinical and private practice for four years. So do you have any stories related to maybe motivating you to get into the side hustle, pursuing your own practice, or maybe something that really inspired you to really go all in and serve this population in full force? 
So working in the hospital, actually I, I really enjoyed the clinical part because I actually get to talk to the patients and talk, to, talk about their problems and able to solving their problems actually is uh, one of my biggest satisfaction uh, working in the hospital. But however, working in a hospital actually can be overwhelming as well because other than the clinical part, actually I'm also, I'm also in charge of the food service so juggling between clinical and food service, I have to, uh, my whole day will be very exhausting. And uh, because we have a KPI, means that we have a number of patients to hit in a day. So actually, sometimes I, I really don't have the time uh, for my patients that I can really uh, sit down and talk to them. What are their real problems? Because sometimes we are just touching just the surface, but not really dig down to the problem. So that's why I feel a bit frustrated with uh, this kind of condition. Uh, so I really didn't want to have this kind of life for long term. That's why I've also always been searching a private practice pathway but I just didn't know how until uh, I, I met BB yeah so that that's how I really took the action and really started it out. I really appreciate the fact that you you noted that as much as you love solving problems and working in clinical allows you to see many people who have problems but due to the volume of work and the KPIs that you often need to meet you can't really do that and it's exhausting and you don't even have enough time to do it. And by, a, by pursuing your private practice, you're able to spend time with clients in the way that you prefer and you enjoy and be able to really sit down and solve their problems. Because ultimately, you, you can't really help a client unless you can really get all that information and be able to provide them a good solution. So Thank you for not only touching base on that, but also reminding people, you know, you don't need to be exhausted. You don't need to waste a lot of time. You can pursue private practice and get your time back and find your passion again. Yeah, that's right. And did you always have a dream about starting your private practice? You hinted at it that you were starting to look for that, but can you share with us what led you to really take action I think it's the frustration in me has really motivated uh, me to to look for more independence and uh, have really have time for my patients. Yeah, so I actually had, had always had the dream of studying my own private practice. So during the uni time, I, uh, because I actually studied in Australia. So that time, uh, actually, there are a lot of... Uh, uh, seniors or they actually started their own private practice but uh, coming back to Malaysia there are not many dietitians doing their own private practice uh, because they think it's very costly a lot they need to uh, rent a shop so uh, it's very costly and probably our dietitian service not able to cover all those costs so that's why it made me it helped back me to really start a physical private practice but after the COVID, I think, oh, wow, virtual dietitian actually uh, do exist. And there are a lot of virtual dietitian out there. So, yeah, so that made me very excited to start, start this out. You bring up such a great point, Michelle. A lot of people think private practice is brick and mortar and they think it's expensive. When people think entrepreneur, they're like, oh, there's a lot of startup costs. I don't know anything about it. When 
ultimately there's another option and that's virtual which doesn't have nearly the same amount of startup costs investing in mentorship to help you going to save money is like obviously really helpful because then you don't have to make those mistakes but the best thing about it is what you mentioned you get your independence and you minimize frustration so those of you out there who are like michelle who even since uni have dreamed about private practice consider going for it and now that you have gotten to this point where you're creating content you're getting your ideal client messaging you on instagram it sounds like you've really gotten good about building no like trust factor that's something libby talks about a lot in the dietitian boss method so can you share with the listeners one or two tips for how you effectively are able to build that on social media? Okay, so usually I think Libby's advice about showing your face is very important and showing about our the vulnerability side and also uh, sharing about how our personal life and uh, how do I go out for exercise and how, how usually how do I eat actually really build a trust factor and also a personal relationship with all my followers and uh, also with the help of my teammates in the Lemon group you should they also suggested that, oh, you can DM your uh, followers. So I actually took the advice and also uh, I DM my followers and really asked them what is resonating with you about my contents. Then, because it's a DM, so they really shared about what is deep down inside, what are their real struggles. Then uh, I can really progress the conversation and really talk through them and also invite them to uh, my program but uh, if they are not very keen then I can just say or stay tuned to my page and continue following me yeah so I really had a lot of great conversations with my followers awesome awesome insights can I just say I appreciate that you call the girls and or women I should say in your lemon group your teammates oh, I love that <laughs> they're your teammates and they're giving you good advice they're teaching you how to get out there. I love that. We got to start yeah. referring to each other as teammates more often. And I like also that you mentioned that you're implementing the advice that they're saying, not just listening like, okay, yeah, that kind of sounds like a good idea. You heard someone say DM and see how it goes with interactions and you're learning so much from them. You're learning all about what they're liking, what they're not liking, which makes it so much easier to create content, right? Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah, and being vulnerable and showing your face are such key things in terms of being able to grow on Instagram. So I like that you mentioned that. And now that you've been able to create content, engage with your ideal client in the DMs, can you share with us how much money you have made? So you are in Malaysia, so the conversion's a little bit different. So can you share with us what those numbers work out to be? After started for two months, I actually uh, recruited three one-to-one patients, which uh, they are they are engaging me for a six weeks program. And actually, because the Malaysian currency is a bit different from the US currency, so I actually and all my clients are from Malaysia, so I'm charging them according to the Malaysia rate. So from now, uh, I already earn around 1000 ringgit uh, from from this program just in two months so i think it's a big step for me because uh, actually this is already almost uh, one third of monthly salary for my uh, hospital job yeah. wow that's awesome okay yeah. 
that's a big so that's a that's a big really big step for me so that really encouraged me to oh this really works then uh, maybe i can really aim for really coming out and to be independent next early next year Yes, I feel it. I feel it. I have like the hairs are standing up on my arms. You're already a third. Oh, and you still have plenty of time before the new year starts. So you can, you're already on trend to do it. So I can't wait for you to report back to us when you finally go full time. So yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and with the money you have made so far, um, what have you done with it? Have you been reinvesting it in your business, paying off the debt? Can you, do you mind sharing with the audience what you've done with it? Okay. So actually, I'm getting married next February. So actually, because you know, preparing a wedding is uh, really big money. So actually, this really helped me a lot on the financial part because uh, with just the clinical work itself, actually, is very little. And yeah, so we need to struggle a lot. And my fiance also had had, uh, had to find like side hustle. So with this uh, prior practice, my fiance also told me, oh, it's really a good thing that it uh, really helped us, uh, especially on the wedding part. Yeah, so yeah, I'm very exciting that uh, it really lightened our burden with this practice. Yes, the amazing thing about entrepreneurship is it can afford you access to things that you thought weren't going to be accessible, like being able to find that extra money to save for your, your wedding is a big deal. So congratulations on your upcoming nuptials. Oh, yes. that's so fun. Thank you. <laughs> that's a great thing to be saving up for. Yeah, I think it's a great timing to study out as well. Yeah, it's perfect. You're starting that next phase in your life. You're also being able to transition into something that's more on your terms. That's great. Wonderful stuff. Yeah. And can you share with us how you've used social media to grow your business? You talked a little about, about DMs. Can you share with us about how you're making content, how often you're posting? Just walk us through your experience posting on social media. So um, actually, I, I try to post consistently at least five times per week. And also, I also uh, share some stories almost every day and uh, show my own uh, life and own my face uh, at least two times per week. Other than that, I will also share like other dietitians about some of the tips in my story so that my followers can get some ideas from the from other dietitians as well but also I also connect my Instagram to my Facebook page as well as my personal Facebook account so actually my clients uh, there are a lot of referrals means that my friends will refer their friends or family to me because they they know they can trust me then they can ju uh, just introduce their friends to me so I think it's a it's a good way to promote my niche as well. Yeah, both Instagram and Facebook and even personal account as well. Great strategy. There's nothing wrong with covering as much virtual real estate as you can. And I also like that you have a solid, consistent strategy of five times per week at a minimum in terms of your posts. And then you're in your stories every day. What I think a lot of people don't think about, and I'm so grateful that you brought this up, is reposting other professionals within your field which is so, so awesome. I think the idea is you have to constantly have original content all the time, but even reposting can save you so much time when you're feeling short on time exactly. to create stuff. So good idea. Yeah. 
And now that you have gotten to this point of getting referrals from friends, finding your leads on social media, you've gotten these people on a call and been able to sell them. Can you share with us how your approach to sales and your mindset around sales has evolved in this process? So actually, I'm a very scared to be a salesy person. And uh, actually, in the initial sales call, hasn't been uh, really well to me, I, to be honest, because I would just listen to their problem. Uh, probably I, I would say it's a market research call instead of a sales call. <laughs> but then uh, after taking uh, Levi's advice for, about urgency, how can I really solve their problem and why is it so urgent to uh, join my program actually really helped me to get the mindset there so that yeah it's not about being salesy but it's about how can I really help them to solve their problems so I think the mindset is really important definitely definitely I love that last sentence it's all about not as it is about just making sure you're there to help them know I have a solution to your problem, like coming at it from a place of service. And admittedly, sales calls are really stressful. They are. And you're not the only one who's like that sales call really becomes a market research call because you're there listening. You're like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, but it's the great thing about the method is that there are all of those wonderful sales videos that you get to watch. And then obviously you have your teammates and Lemon if you ever need to practice, which is awesome. That's, it's great to have those resources in the community for those things. Yeah. And for people listening who are like, oh my gosh, I can totally relate to Michelle. I'm at this point in my career where I would love to have more time with patients. I would love to do what I love. I have things that I'm saving up for like a wedding and I want to get started in private practice, but I don't know how. So what are like one or two pieces of advice you would give to someone who wants to get out there? Practice, I think it's very important for you to know that uh, you are out there to help people, but not just uh, selling your service, but it's from the heart of just helping. So I think the mindset is really important. Once you just click that, then you are uh, off to go. Oh, yeah. Mindset is really major. It really is. I love that you, you said that because a lot of people, they have it within their heart to help, like you mentioned, but their mind isn't there. And once those two things connect, anything's possible. Yeah, that's right. So once they've connected their heart and their mind and they've decided, okay, Michelle, I'm going to do this. You've convinced me. I was a tough sell, but Michelle, you convinced me. Now they have to get onto Instagram and they have to show their face, like you mentioned. So do you have any advice for people who are scared to show their face and start showing up to start making the money that they want? I think as a startup, probably you can just take stories about what is happening around you and uh, yeah, like posting other professionals polls. But after that, you can suggest you probably can set some questions that people would like to ask you, then you can just talk 
naturally on screen. Also, I think sometimes live interview, Insta Live will be helpful as well. You can find your teammates or someone of uh, related friends they, that they would like to join you for the live interview because that with the two-way conversation, sometimes it works more naturally and uh, it's, so, it also, uh, it's a good way to engage your followers and somewhere, some people who need your help as well. Great point. Great point. A lot of people starting out do feel so unnatural on camera. And you're right. Pairing with someone is an easy way to not make it so unnatural. So that is yeah. a really good point. Because I, I always want like, why is this so awkward? And you're right. Because you're literally talking to no one. <laughs> um, but yeah. And you don't feel alone as well with the in, with the Insta Live. Yeah, it's just like chatting to each other, and and people just join and they just type the questions they want to ask. Then then you really engage to people. Yeah, it's such a good idea. I love that idea. I also love the idea of just starting out asking people what they want to know versus like thinking you have to have a topic. You could just put the question bar on your stories and just answer that way. I think it's always natural when people pose a question to you versus you're like, I'm going to just stage a presentation about something on my mind. If that's <laughs> awkward for you to start the Q and a, like Michelle suggested is a good way. And I also love the very first point you made, which is just show people what's going on around you, like a day in your life, like not so much, you know, selling per se, but just getting used to turning on the camera, getting used to like, moving it around the world like you know that's not normal some people aren't used to doing that so yeah. doing that is a very good way to make it more natural so thank you so much michelle for sharing these insights and we'll close it off with one last question um, what's next for you in your business like I mentioned just now, I'm uh, actually planning to go go this full fledged with my uh, private practice. So hopefully, um, because I've already recruited uh, three three clients, so I'm actually planning to have a group program. But I still enjoy uh, the one to one session. So probably I will still continue on that until I'm really full on that I'm really uh, go go to a group program. Yeah. So that's that's um, that's my goal for now, and uh, hopefully when I'm, my income is able to cover my monthly salary, now that I will just come out from my clinical. Yay! Awesome. Well, that is an exciting move. I can't wait to hear more about it. I appreciate you for being on the podcast episode today, and just as a reminder, you guys, you can find Michelle at Cancer Period Nutritionist. Thank you so much. Thank you, yeah. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at libbyrothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.